everybody. Welcome to RPG Cast, episode 188 for the week of August 6, 2011. I'm your host, Chris Privetier, here with the happiest group of RPG players this side of a cloud slash convention. Uh, we've got Anna Marie Neufeld. I left my cheese curds downstairs. Oh, tra- tragedy. Uh, John Yearworth. This is actually the 74th take of this particular opening. And you're still just as excited. And finally, Emmanuel Marino. Okay, now why did you guys drag me to a Final Fantasy convention? Uh, a Final Fantasy Cloud slash Fiction convention, actually. And, oh, much better. I'm sorry. <laughs> and uh, that's why we had you wear the sword. Um, people going to be talking to you later. But yeah. <laughs> it's going to be awesome, man. Manny, just just don't worry. It'll be awesome. You have uh, no idea how much goop we had to put in Chris's hair to spike it. I, I'm actually, I have a harness to hold the hair so it doesn't fall over properly or make me fall over. It's very weird. Kinky. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yes. Well, not that kind of harness. Jeez. <laughs> oh, we got some feedback. Okay, so I got a big show for you this week. I got some feedback. I got a Zoltan segment, a special segment, like nothing he's done before. I got a ton of news. I don't know if we played much this week, but I think it's going to be a big, chunky show. Um, we've got stories like Diablo 3, Skyrim stuff. We've got PlayStation Vita news, 3DS news, all sorts of cool stuff. I can't wait to get into it for you. But first off feedback from our fans. If you'd like to send us feedback, you can do it at podcast.rpgamer.com. You can send us an email or an MP3 attachment. We'll play it right here on the show. You can also leave us a phone message at 608-729-4098 and we'll play it on the show. First person sent us an email said, hey, it's from Silktail. Responding to our comments last week about 3D, said, I just had a quick look into 3D pop-up and it sounds like the effect is more tiring. So we're trying to figure out 3D pop-up versus 3D depth effect. Um, so Silktail says, uh, sounds like the 3D pop-up effect is more tiring, so they prefer 3D depth for longer experiences, as it would be less of an eye strain with maybe the odd pop-up moments. I'm assuming this would be the same for games as well. So there we go, an answer about 3D. I don't know if anyone cares, but there we go. No one cares. Okay. Moving on, <laughs> this, is, this bodes well for the second letter. Remy, Le- Remy sends in a, uh, a message about uh, 3D games. Says, so you mentioned you got a Samsung 8 Series TV and wanted goodies to show it off. I got the same screen at launch and have been enjoying the 3D when it's done, and I have uh, when it's done well, and I have some suggestions for you. So here you go, guys. Here's your big list of 3D games that are recommended. All right? Killzone 3. Don't play it. Oh. Uh, I, heard, I heard different. Okay, well, he says avoid Killzone 3. Tron Evolution. 3D's good, but the game sucks. Avoid iPet. MLB The Show is awesome. Sly Cooper's awesome. SOCOM's awesome. Super Stardust is awesome. The Fight You Should Avoid. The 3D in GT5 is unimpressive, but the game's really good. I heard different. The opposite of Tron. (laughs) You like the 3D but hate the game, huh? That's what you heard. Black Ops, avoid it. Uh, Well, I know that game's actually good, so I don't know what's up with that. Um, Hustle Kings, awesome. Motorstorm must be British. Yeah, Motorstorm 3D Rift is awesome. Motorstorm Apocalypse, however, avoid. Now that I've heard different on as well. So I don't know what's up with that. Uncharted 3 Beta, awesome. And Sean White Skateboarding. I wanted to say snowboarding. Sean White Skateboarding is awesome. Tumble is awesome. I've never heard of Tumble. And Pain. I think some of these are British games. This one I I have to take issue with. Pain. Game is good. 3D unimpressive. All right. I think you just totally undid your credibility here remy <laughs> you, you like pain how, how can we trust you 
I don't know. I, oh, I just know that Hustle Kings is huge over there, like in Sony Sony Europe's booth every year at E three. I don't even know what it is. It's a it's that um, it's a pool game. Oh, in three D. Yeah, that's weird. I have to pay sixty bucks for that. I don't know how much it is. I think it's I think it's a budget title. I mean, Kuhn probably know better than I do. He he actually shops in Europe <laughs> in British stores. Sorry, what? Hustle Kings. Never heard of it. Oh, then I guess it's small everywhere. All right. Yeah. Well, let's I don't know. See. I feel like we're. Thank you for the list. Thank I you for the list. It, yeah, we don't agree with it all, but it's good to have somebody's opinions on yes. it. It's not like any of us have tried these in 3D yet. Not yeah, even I don't me. want to sound like we're just like crapping all over your suggestions, but no, thank you. I'm glad you wrote in. Yes, and he gave us some games to look forward to. Ghost Recon, Uncharted 3, Resistance 3, The Eco Collection, and God of War Origins. I hear Ghost Recon is terrible. In 3D? No, just period. Oh, just the game sucks. Okay. Oh, yeah, <laughs> based on what a lot of people were saying after E3. Was that the one that was back. on the Wii U? I think it was. Yeah, yeah, there were, a lot of people were calling that game junk. Oh, that's too bad. That's the one where you can build your own weapons? Oh, yeah, they were calling it terrible. Connect? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Or it could have just been like Jeff Gersman and everyone who visited the house during Giant Bombs. Uh, they didn't 27 like hours of live stream. I listened to all of them. All right. <laughs> and they crapped on that. Everyone who walked in the house crapped on that game. Remy, I want some follow-up reports from you on 3D games as you play more and you get some uh, good or bad. Because... Uh, a lot of us aren't willing to spend the money to try it out, so please let us know. I'm, I'm going to try out as much of your list as you can, as I can, except pain. I'm not trying pain. I'm not. I'm not trying pain. Um, Vlad, uh, VK says, "Hi, RPG cast and crew. VK here. First off, VK are my first two initials, so I use it as a nickname. Second of all, usually on movies, people say this has been insert name here over and out. So I decided to change the last part about shooting cows dressed as chocobos." I thought you would take it as a joke and laugh, but hey, not all jokes are funny when you write them in. Ah, okay. He's he's pre-explaining his closing, if you're wondering what that was all about. All right, staying on topics I want to talk about. Why do all of you hate on the Tales series? John is the exception. He misspells your name. John is the yeah, exception, who is now the British guy whose name I can remember, but can't spell, apparently. Hey, hey, hey. why do you think we have him on here? We're yes. fair and balanced. Yes, he's here explicitly because he likes the Tales series. Yeah, I, I basically balance out almost the entirety of staff, aside from Adrian, I think. Yeah, pretty much. It was basically like an affirmative action um, hire. I'm going to raise my hand and say, I don't hate Tales, I just don't like them. Oh, that's much better, Anna. <laughs> no, it's true. I, I kind of feel the same way. I don't but hate But this, this is the video game world. You either love stuff or you hate it, right? We don't uh, seem to have middle grounds in this industry. I'm with Anna. Yeah, and I've played several Tales games. Like, I was even on the Tales backtrack. Wow. So it's not like I blindly hate the series and I know nothing about it. I've played several of them. It's not my cup of tea, so I won't play the Tales games going forward. But you're, that's not allowed, you're not allowed to have middling theory. And it sucks. And no one should play it. They that's should right. never make any more games. Much better. Stop liking Much better. things that I don't like. Yes. Hang on. I need to. I really should dig out that image again and post it in the chat. We only we only accept extreme opinions in this industry. <laughs> you're not allowed to have a middling feeling. All right. What's the most important thing to you in an RPG? To me, it's the character development. That's why I love the Tales series. You could say that the story not related to the characters has been recycled since Fantasia, but the characters have always been awesome. The same goes for The World Ends With You on the DS. The story is very simple, but the character interactions are awesome. 
you know, interesting the way he uses character development because I, when he said that, I was thinking like, oh, I didn't know Tales was like you build up a character in that kind of fashion like you would like in a Neverwinter Nights or something. But he meant character development as throughout the course of the story. Mm-hmm. And I'm just kind of the opposite. I, character development in terms of gameplay or in, in terms of customization. Yeah. Hmm. Everybody thinking now what their favorite part no, I was re- I was looking at an image that Quinn posted in the chat room, and I wasn't able to think. Yeah, one Sorry. image is usually sufficient to basically derail an entire conversation. An entire conversation, yes. <laughs> so you're thinking, uh, so this is changing your mind on the Tales series now? You're going to play it again for character development, Manny? Is that what you're no, saying? No, 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 oh. because his character development is related to the story, where my character yeah. development is more related to the game. Ah, Well, I don't I, know what that I, means. I can I can certainly see where Manny's coming from. I think just think some of the more ga- uh, like Western RPGs I've played like more recently just don't really do much in terms of development on gameplay. I mean, look at something like Mass Effect Two. Yeah, that is a lot more streamlined. That's a lot. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, but I'm, even the even the original wasn't fantastic about it. You know, I was thinking more stuff like maybe an Oblivion, not well, not Oblivion, or like maybe like a Fallout with a perk system where I really love. Mm, yeah, no, Fallout like, would be a better example. Fallout would be a better example. Yeah. So. And I love thinking. Well, no, my character is a is he's a gunslinger, so I'm going to focus on hand to hand guns. I'm going to get all the gun perks, and I'm going to play my game as this sort of wandering gunslinger from Stephen King. Zombie, uh, Zombie Hunter Abraham Lincoln. Pretty much, exactly. I'm going to run off my Lincoln repeater, and I'm just going to be Abraham Lincoln all day long. I'm going to talk to everyone like Abraham Lincoln would. <laughs> so, you know, that, so I guess customization is, is big for me, just letting me play the game the way I want to. That's mm-hmm. what it feels the most that, – that's why I love RPGs. I just want to tailor this experience to how I like games. Ah. Interesting. You're not going to answer the question, Chris? Well, I'm wondering about this. What if uh-huh. we could? Uh, what if there was a way to choose, you know, to tailor the experience to the way you play games, and choose whether or not the game's more about you developing your character and choosing how it develops as far as stats and weapons and stuff, versus choosing to have it more story based and character development of the of the people and worlds around you. Usually, that kind of development's better when you don't have when you're not a nameless avatar, right? Yeah. So, I, like, I'm wondering if there's a way to make a game that has both in it, depending on how you play. I think well, the uh, the the I, I, uh, the sort of um, merger between um, what is usually typically associated with um, sort of Western RPG character design concepts and JRPG gameplay, like story-driven stuff, is mm, I'd say possibly approaching the holy grail of game design that nobody will ever manage to get to. Because people are very set in their design philosophy. Square Enix designs very Japanese games, and you know Bethesda and the like design very Western games. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of uh, crossover, as it were. Hmm. Oh well. <laughs> I, I I'm as far as this, the question itself, I can just say story, and it has to have well, good character development. So I, I think I'm more t- with him than I am with you, Manny. Well, okay. also remember, I really like games like, like say Diablo or Torchlight Two or something, where it's all about the character development. In terms of that, you know, yeah. And what I think is good about a good game is that it makes you care about the things that that game's about, 
and and like it it gets you into that game's world and whatever that game's systems are about right so if this game is about experiencing the high school drama of a student who's having nightmares every night or if this game is about leveling up a character who's going down to, down into a dungeon and making its skills better so that he can survive the next floor so i don't know what i don't know what the quality of a game that is do we have a name for that the best the uh it's sort of like the gold i don't know it seems like goldilocks gaming what you do what's just right for this particular experience right mm. yeah i suppose it's like it's almost like character development varies depending on the game like you're saying so i don't know whatever anna doesn't have any opinions here apparently no no <laughs> she has to ask me i don't know if you have opinions here you don't have an important thing to you in an rpg no, because it really varies from game to game. I mean, there are some games that I play completely for their battle systems, like TRPGs yeah. and Torchlight. And there are other games that I play because the story and the way that the story is told is amazing, like The World Ends With You. And Cat- any love for any love for Persona Three? Yeah. Awesome. Just making sure we got that in. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The way that stories are told, insert Atlas game here. (laughs) (laughs) Well done. And, you know, some of them are just, I enjoy the gameplay mechanics. Insert Natsume game here. You know, it's just, I don't, there's, there's no one thing that is absolutely a necessity for me. There are things that are completely unimportant to me. I don't really care how they look and I don't really care how they sound. Mm -hmm. But... Beyond that, I don't have a strong opinion on anyone. Well, the real question facet. here is, have you played Mega Man 64? Um, yes. Is it different from Legends on PlayStation? Um, I don't know. The only Mega Man game I played on the PlayStation was the one with the girl. Ah. Anyone else know? Nope. Okay. Well, that's it. <laughs> oh, what do you think when someone says, this is cheesy? That's the last question. I'm serious. That's the last question I he has. I think I want to go downstairs and get another cheese another stick. Another cheese stick, right? Yeah. Uh, the first season of Star Trek The Next Generation. That was cheesy. Yes. <laughs> yes, it Good was. God, that was cheesy. <laughs> Why was Jordan I'm actually re watching that on Netflix right now. And Everyone's re watching that on Netflix right Chris now. Chris was looking at me. He's like, Why the hell are you watching the first season? <laughs> Can no, we just skip the first terrible. season? <laughs> it's terrible. You know it, yeah, it, it it is pretty awful. What's terrible, Voyager, Manny? The first season of Voyager, oh, it's almost unwatchable. Oh, is it? I hate Voyager. Isn't that when they had the effects budget, though? <laughs> you know, it's just weird. I just realized they I'm not a effects Voyager budget. Guy. <laughs> I just what? you like, just realized Neelix what? Is so annoying in that first season. Oh, okay. Well, isn't he annoying all the time? Yeah, and well, and don't they have that girl there as well that they get rid of in yeah, the second season? Yeah, I hear it's good once Kess leaves, right? Oh, I don't know. I thought I liked uh, Kess, but I didn't Kess, watch enough of it Kess, to, to Kess tell. being kicked off was mostly around the time they brought in Seven of Nine. Uh, okay. Uh, that, no, that, that was about a season. There was like a, a season and a little bit where there was no quote-unquote strong female lead because apparently no, Bologna does not female lead. Oh, yeah, whatever. All right. Now, to wrap this question up, we have to read VK's closing because he, he explained it to us in advance. Those are my questions. Hope you have fun with them on the cast. This has been VK over and out. So we like that better than the chocobos and cows, right? Okay, no opinion. All right, moving on. Uh, This is the time where we play a Zoltan segment. 
So let's play his old hand segment. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that right now. I am the legendary Zoltan, and you are listening to a legendary game review. What game is it? It's a very kawaii game. <laughs> what game is it? It's a game that I just finished. Okay, what game is it? I even got the platinum trophy. Good for you. Now, what freaking game is it? It's Atelier Rolona. That game is so old. It's like, it's like just so old. It came out at the end of September of 2010 and was developed by... Whoa, got some wind there just now. Anyway, the company's name is... What the... It was developed by... God, what's up with all these... Of wind? Every time I try to say that the game was developed by... I get interrupted by a... Of wind. Well, anyway. Let's have some sparkling dinner conversation regarding this game. Oh, jolly good. I do love a good sparkling dinner conversation. As soon as you load this game up into your PS3, you will probably notice how cute it is. <laughs> I mean, this game is so cute that it's just dis You play as a cute Japanese high school-aged girl by the name of Rorona. My Rorona. And Rorona's parents are tired of taking care of her. So they travel around the world for three whole years and leave poor little Rorona in the hands of her sadistic lesbian alchemy teacher, Astrid. I like where this is headed. (laughs) But don't get your hopes up. Can I get something else up? Despite the fantastic setup we're given, the only thing we're going to be doing in this fantasy is working. Say what? Yeah, making items, doing alchemy from nine to five with no lunch break you lazy bum get back to work so you like the game huh <laughs> and all the while guess what your teacher astrid is doing um working on lesson plans for your alchemy curriculum she's sleeping on the freaking couch oh no she didn't oh yes she did i paid 40 bucks so i could slave away over a boiling hot cauldron in my unair conditioned atelier for 12 hours a day and my teacher is sleeping on the job with all her clothes on i might add so let me give you a rundown of the operations that take place in this atelier train me every three months we get a request from the castle to make some items. What kinds of items? Oh, you know, the usual stuff like medieval cannons, medieval festival decorations, and medieval high-definition 3D plasma televisions. Ah, basically your textbook alchemy items. I see. After the requests come in, you pick up the recipes from somewhere, you go out to gather the ingredients somewhere, and then you come back home and make the items. So it's basically an entire game of fetch quests? You got it. Now, of course, it doesn't take three whole months to make some items. So what do you do with all that extra time? Sleeping with Astrid on that tiny couch? Please say that she presses her body against Astrid's on that tiny couch. If only life were so beautiful. You have to take on tons of part-time jobs from your friends and neighbors? What kind of friends does she have? I know, yeah. And I swear it must be a town full of drug addicts because everybody asks for the same goddamn thing. And what is that? Mushrooms. Mushrooms? Yeah, everybody asks for mushrooms of one sort or another. Alchemize it. I can't alchemize it because it's not something I have to make. I just go out and find them. Can't they do that themselves? I guess only the discerning eyes of an alchemist can pinpoint the best mushrooms. I guess. Anyway, if you just wanted to cruise around town doing the occasional job, enjoying your adventures in the field to find ingredients and making whatever kind of fun stuff you wanted to, you could have so much fun with this game. So, that's what you did, right? I mean, you bought the game to have fun with it after all, right? Zoltan, my dear naive little other me. When you are an otaku like me, you don't play games to enjoy them. You play games because you feel obligated to destroy them. (laughs) That's so sad. 
If you are the type of person that needs to see every ending and get every trophy before moving on, you are going to be under some serious time constraints. Well, that's okay. I mean, it's not like you ever have anything better to do. I have lots of good stuff I could be doing. One day I came home from my day job and my wife was butt naked waiting for me. Do you know how often an otaku boy comes home to see a naked woman in his house? Really? I can't begin to tell you the amount of ass I've gotten from telling people that I'm an otaku. It's not very often. And my wife is like, you should do me right now. And I said, oh, I'd like nothing more than to have sex with you. But I've got all these alchemy deadlines coming up. I've got to make beast statues and barrels and go mushroom hunting again. I'm sorry. Maybe after August when my schedule lets up a bit. Is that not the saddest thing you have ever heard? (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm just in tears because I've never met an otaku as dedicated as you. And that's the summary of the kinds of things you'll be doing in Atelier Rorona. And just a quick mention of the other basic game review topics. Music? Awesome. Difficulty? Easy. Battle? Simple. Alchemy system? Deep. Otaku fun factor? Moderate. Regular person fun factor? High. Graphics? Crappy 3D during gameplay, beautiful hand-drawn character portraits during conversation. Final comments? Buy it, play through it carefree once, and then never touch it again. Thus marks the end of our review and the end of your RPG playing ass. All uh, right, Zoltan. Thank you. Was epic. Thank you. Also, that was a that was a game review segment. Obviously, not a normal thing from Zoltan, and that's why it was a bit longer. But uh, yeah, what's what's up, Anna? Zoltan should go have sex with his wife now. Uh, apparently, yeah. <laughs> it, it's think... August. He has time in his schedule now. That's a bit risque. Uh, I, I hope our podcast he... doesn't get in trouble for that. <laughs> I do think that he should uh, just don't don't try the British accent again. Just. Don't. Oh, oh that <laughs> it was better than mine. Uh, that was ju- that was just painful. I mean, damn, Zoltan, damn, <laughs> mushroom hunting. Wow, I, I love the the. You know, my be- my favorite part is how he reduced most reviews to about twenty seconds there at the end. Music, awesome. <laughs> Character portraits, yeah, right, nice, all right, cool. Thank you, Zoltan. Uh, M- Manny, I think, fell asleep though because he can't stand uh, otaku games, so. We lost him again. Oh, wow. We really did. Sweet. What? Well, I... Japan? What? <laughs> <laughs> you only like Western games, right? That, that's right? No? No. Yeah. Come on. I have, I have quite a background in his, Japanese history and culture, just like everyone else on this website. Oh, you played Shogun too. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's how that works, right? <laughs> There you go, Chris. An actual good joke from you. Yeah, you're welcome. Caught me off guard. <laughs> oh, got a mark. <laughs> got a mark. Yeah, got to cut that. We can't have that. We can't show. have a good joke in this show. Okay. Chris, you're, Chris, actually making a good joke. I think we might actually have to edit that out. <laughs> all right. It kind of disturbs me. That's all your reactions. Like, no, we can't have that in the show. We really can't. <laughs> we actually cannot have that in the show. Chris, what? the sex stuff from Zoltan's okay, but you having a good left. joke? None of us are okay with that. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I've got something to bring you down. Uh, Diablo 3 news. This week was the week of Diablo 3 um, National Teach. Yeah. Well, what else can we do? Yeah, we've done feedback. It's time to talk about news. All right, everyone. Remember. What what do we need to stick you for? Let's not all yell at each other. Let's keep this civil. This is not a Blizzard forum. Oh, it's okay. I'm a Blizzard fanboy, remember? Okay. Uh, I need to go get the tea case. I can start flopping his mouth. 
<laughs> uh, I don't know what you just said because Skype was breaking up, but... Uh, I yes. said, I need to go get my toothpaste so I can be frothing at the mouth. Oh, that's... Yeah, rabid, <laughs> rabid Blizzard fanboyness. Uh, do we have anybody who hates Blizzard? We need someone who hates Blizzard. No? Well, I'm I, did, I did. I did. I did. go on the record last week saying I wasn't especially interested in Diablo three. Oh, that'll work. B- beautiful. Yeah, me and you are the only two people in existence who have no interest in playing Diablo three. That's right. Well, not after this week. <laughs> well, yeah. Oh my god. I know, note that I note that I said I think every single thread on the Runic forums that discuss Diablo three is going to get locked on Monday because right. they have all evolved into stupid arguments. All right, we got to lay down the groundwork before we go any further. So here, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Uh, all the Diablo 3 beta info and some announcements about the game was dropped this week. Uh, well, about the people who've been playing like the early beta, at least. We still don't have a date for the real beta. I guess let's start with that. Sometime before the end of September, I think, the real beta will start where a lot of people can get in, like people with like passes from like previous BlizzCons or something like that. Uh, and they announced some stuff. Okay. Well, do you want to get to the good stuff first before we get to the bad? Sure. Well, the, okay, you go for it. The skills and talents work. Maybe we could do the mechanical stuff first. So skills and talents. Well, I don't have know changed. if that's the good stuff, but all right, yeah. Skills and talents have changed, but here's the thing: it's beta. That's all. That, all that stuff will probably change again. So I don't know what's going on with that. Uh, how did right. it change, Anna? What's there, different? Well, it's it's going to sort of be like Guild Wars, where um, you have a finite amount of skills and talents that you can select, yeah, um, and there's not trees. It's basically anymore. like a loadout. Like in a yeah. cult or something. But do they still yeah. have the thing where you can customize all your skills and talents like extraordinarily, like they showed off at BlizzCon last year? You know, a lot of they showed a like much of that hasn't changed. Like there's still the, the, the rune system where you can augment your the ability that you do choose for your loadout. Okay, because like in, at like at BlizzCon, like you could have a summons frog skill, and may, maybe everyone has it, but you could customize that skill like eight different ways and have it yeah. completely different for each build of character. They did not remove making. the rune system. Okay. So I could have poison frogs. I could have frogs that are actually unicorns, and and or, or just one giant else. frog that eats people. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good. Because that like makes that makes those skills very different. But okay. So there is still a lot of customization of your skills. Did they change anything else? Talents. Talents are different, right? Is, so what's going on with talents? No. Well, re- <coughs> I remember you told me this last year. Is that they? It's not people are acting like it's new that they removed. Um, where you allocate skill points, but that yeah. was shown off at last BlizzCon. I thought so. That's why I was partially surprised by this reaction. Cause I think people just didn't pay too much attention. Nobody watched even... BlizzCon, apparently. Because, <laughs> yeah, they, they talked about how they removed the numbers from BlizzCon, too. Yeah. Yes. So, I don't know. All right. Well, go go rewatch the BlizzCon stuff from last year, because and, the, and then compare to these stories. I'm really curious to see how much it changed. I don't well, have the there's time also to the new. Uh, well, the battle net looks the way they they look, they decked out battle net looks pretty interesting. Like, because um, you know how like unlike games like Torchlight Two, where you can actually customize your how your character looks. Yeah. Physically, you know, customize their appearance. So yeah. what, what you do in this game to sort of uh, differentiate your character from your monk from every other monk aside from armor is that you have a banner. There's this new banner system. So behind your character, next to your character, and and uh, all the menus or your party systems or even in town. To, your banner will appear, and on that banner is sort of like a, a representation of your in-game achievements. So if you say you beat, you're playing the game on hardcore, you'll have like a bunch of skulls at the base of the banner. If you beat Diablo on super hard or on insane difficulty, you'll have a special emblem on your banner, and you can select which achievements are displayed on the sides, and you can pick crests and different uh, things that sort of hang off or 
are adorning the top of it. So sort of like your banner is sort of a quick who you are in on Battle.net, which is actually pretty cool, I think. That is pretty cool. Um, yeah, so I think it's border uh, border icon header footer. But so you, I think, you can't yeah. actually customize your character then? Well, you can just – no, it's just – That's weird. I monk, expected them to add that in a modern game. That is kind of weird. That's, well, you know how Blizzard is. It, it's like uh, they – I think their argument is that we have a very specific story to tell. Our Our monk is from this very specific place within Sanctuary. This is – what they do this is who they are. Well, oh, yeah. well, well, now, now I have to take a little bit issue with that statement because this game is obviously about its online this time. It's about the multiplayer. So to make claims about it being about being a specific story makes it sound no, like the game's is, more about single player, which has definitely not been their focus this time. You week. know, the funny thing is, I would agree. Wait, the but way I mean, like, no, carry on. Oh, just say the way they changed the storytelling completely. The fact that there's a. I remember when the game was first shown, there was like little cutscenes where your character would sit there and start talking to a Deckard Kane, and you see like a little zoom in. But now that's all gone. It's basically like audio logs, oh. and you have followers. So the story mm. is is basically following you around as you continue to kill enemies and make your way through the world and explore. So you you find like a a book on the ground, and you'll click on it, and then audio log will start to play, telling you more about the world. Or you'll be with Deckard Kane's daughter or whatever, and she'll be telling you like, "Oh, we need to go over here." I These, don't. Yeah, I don't like oh, audio so, logs. Am well, I alone I, on that? <laughs> you don't like audio logs? No, because I end up stopping the game just to listen to them and make sure I don't do stuff that makes it so I can't hear them. You know the funny things I do the exact same thing too. I, like I in, don't know why we've got these in games. This when is... I played Bioshock, I usually find a corner and I listen to a bio to the whole thing and I go, "Oh, that was interesting," and then I keep on going. Yeah. So it might as well been a cutscene to begin with anyway. Yeah. Mm. But I think that's the but to your to Anna and your. And your point is that, uh, yeah, the the story is kind of on the back burner, especially if that's how they're telling the story, is that they want you to keep keep on playing, keep on killing, keep the momentum going, even while you're getting all the facts of Sanctuary. Uh, I guess this team is just too big that they could have two completely different views about the focus of the game and actually both have have them pushing forward both of those views. Uh, Whereas Torchlight's such a smaller game, I guess their focus can be a little bit better. I don't know. Hmm. So, anyway, speaking, yes, uh, on, multiplayer. On a related yeah. note, multiplayer, single player. Um, there is no offline single player. Yes, you have to be online your, all the time. It's like an Ubisoft game. Online, yeah. yeah. You know the funny thing is, I heard something interesting. Is like uh, they shouldn't even really be calling this like DRM because it's just, it's just like bad to be even perpetuating that idea. It's what the thing is they they own your characters and they're stored yeah. on their servers yeah. and. You don't have any local characters at all, and that's why you can never play offline. Now, this is great for multiplayer people who are playing Diablo 2 and were used to hacks, dupes, and, and, and all the crap that happened in Diablo 2 that destroyed its economy and had people with these crappy characters that could do things that you shouldn't be allowed to do. Because if you have all the characters online, it really helps a lot with uh, not being able to mess with that that much. Uh, and if the game's always online, you, they can always monitor. You're always on their servers, and they don't have as much code locally. And blah, make blah, blah, sure blah, blah. that their big that the, their auction house, which I'm sure we'll talk about soon, is secure and safe. And yeah, and so that's the next step. Is uh, instead of trying to in a step to quell real money trade, they're like, well, you know, guys, you want to sell stuff for real money? We can do that. Um, it's uh, going to be we have a, an actual cash auction house, but 
we're only doing it for the buyers, really. It's not for the sellers. The people who actually want to make real money off stuff, uh, you don't need not apply. Because this is, uh, you can pay real money to people who put stuff up on this auction house. And that money will then go into the recipients, uh, the Wait. seller's Blizzard account. That's actually been changed. They, as of when? You can attach a third-party monetary service to deposit the money into. Really? But they are not responsible for mon- the money or the fees or anything. It's basically like, we'll let you attach it. They haven't said which sites this will work with. But the sort of implication is, we'll let you attach a PayPal to it. But if anything goes wrong, we don't care. Don't come to us. Interesting. Well, I didn't see that. Basically, Blizzard doesn't want to be a bank. So yeah. if you want to cash out, you can, but you but it's per transaction. You have to decide at the end of each transaction whether that money goes back into your Battle.net account that you can spend on Blizzard services and yeah. products or whether you cash out. And there's a there's like and multiple once it's levels in your Battle.net account, it stays there. Yes. So you and can multiple use it. Fees. This is this is interesting though. It makes it so that you can buy a copy of Diablo 3 which has no subscription fee and play and farm items in there. And sell those on the real money auction house, and then use it to pay for your World of Warcraft subscription. You know, it's funny because um, it seems like I'm sure we'll get into this, but more more people are the, the general public is generally upset about the always online restriction and yeah. the fact that there's only ten characters. But like people who are like old school hardcore uh, Diablo fans, like like the like uh, Garnet Lee on his uh, We Can Confirm podcast was railing against the auction house. They even mentioned the online stuff. And he's very upset that it's like it's ruining the experience and the integrity of the of the game. You know, when it was something shady behind the scenes, you could ignore it. And now he thinks like, well people like are inherently weak and they think that if if I if when you when I played Diablo two before, he was saying it's like when I saw an orange or this specific one rare thing, I was so excited and so happy and I was like, great. I, I can build an entire character spec around this one item and sort of think, rethink how I play this game. Yep. But now the problem is that there's such a temptation now that you think, wow, this orange is super, super rare. I'm just going to go put it in the auction house and Ooh. see if I can make some money off of it. I think he's full of crap. Because when I saw an orange oh. in Diablo 2, I was the person who was running Mephisto runs till 2 a.m. in the morning. And when I saw an orange drop, you know what I did? I went and traded it. I did the same thing. I see that, yeah, I could build my own character around this item, or I could go and turn this into things to improve my current character. That's how an economy works. It's the same question that he had before. I don't know where he's coming up with the real money, uh, uh, because he's not making real money. Uh, unless you do this PayPal stuff, I guess, but I think that's crap. Uh, they've got a gold-based auction house in here, too. This is the one thing that everyone seems to ignore in these stories. Yeah, there's a regular auction house in here as well, and the normal trading still works. So you can go jump and chat and do trading. So it, it's like all the stuff that was in Diablo 2 is still here. I, I don't know. I, I don't buy the arguments about how this is going to ruin the game. I think it actually gives people an outlet that the game needed because it didn't have in the past, and it led to issues of corruption. That's my particular view on it, whatever. But do you like the consequence now that as a result of these kind of things and these security hacks that I'm getting to the other problem that you only do, you only have 10 characters and they're only served and they're only stored on Blizzard servers. So like it's kind of become like a de facto free to like free to play MMO with microtransactions. Um, I, don't, um, I, I have okay. is, is the 10 character limit really that big of a deal? Yeah, that's my question. I don't need to. Uh, for characters. some people, yeah, they like to have lots of alternates and lots of so like, different kinds of characters. So they can buy some. a second copy of the game? Or, or do oh, that. but come on. No! Uh, why is this not a, a legitimate option? 
even in World of Warcraft, you don't have to buy another copy of the game after you fill uh, ten characters. Okay, well, or, Manny, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. What, if, what if they do this? What if they do this? Do you know how many people in the Harrier Guild own more than one copy of? Yeah, yeah, but at the same time, you can just go, you can also build other characters on other servers too. Yeah, you can. No. You, you, yeah, Anna, you can. You can build a ton of characters across servers. Right. You can have like sixty total or something, right? But uh, yeah, I, I, knew, I knew someone on City of Heroes who had hundred and twenty-four characters. But I have an account. Yeah, I have another solution for this. If you're that hardcore of a Diablo three player, sell some items on the real money auction house and buy another copy of Diablo three from Blizzard with your Battle.net funds that you just made. You don't have to spend any extra money. You just keep playing the game like you have been. And that's a solution that didn't exist in Diablo two. No, but so, it was no. there was no problem in Diablo two. So oh, you, can't, you can't use that as an excuse because it wasn't actually an issue in Diablo two. You just keep you make a new Battle.net account for free. Oh. Battle accounts were free. You just made another one. <laughs> or you played offline. Oh, the one thing we forgot to mention is there's no LAN. Yes, there is no LAN support, just like StarCraft 2. This is... Uh, I think that's an issue still. I still think there should be LAN support for tournaments. I don't know how they could do it, but they should do something in that vein. I, the vehicle of esports is technology. <laughs> uh, quite honestly, yeah, I, I think it is an issue for their esports. And, and if they want competitive multiplayer, you need to have land support. The fact that you don't is a problem with your game and with well, the, I'm sorry. the future of the industry. I there. think that GSL and IGN and MLG and what was that other thing in Europe? I think they've all proven that you don't need land. Actually, for uh, GSL has had a number of issues because they don't have LAN play. And they well, kind of I mean, show that they do need it. During GSL as well. But I mean, I'm sorry. It, it, it is not to the point where it destroys tournaments. It is not to the point where it is a debilitating factor in a tournament. Yeah, but yeah. If it, anything that takes away, anything that takes away is not contributing to. And if you're actually oh, going to support please. this industry, they should contribute to it. <sighs> That's the th- that's a throw out the baby with the bathwater argument. That I'm, is I'm, not a throw out the baby with the bath. It's what's your focus? Are you going to support this or not? Are you going to put your money where your mouth is? Which one? I'm the sorry. One? Are you saying that Blizzard does not support professional? They do StarCraft? not. They do not go out of their way to fully support professional StarCraft I'm too. I call bullcrap on that too because look at how many maps that they've redesigned and how many new maps they've created for things like GSL and MLG. They certainly do support esports. They support well, it, but, but they don't do everything they can to support it. But the well, sorry, will never they be don't e-sport, need to though. bend over backwards for esports. Uh, yeah, they do. It's like no. a huge. It, it is their driving vehicle of StarCraft II popularity right now. Anyway, what, Diablo what's 3 up, does have a PvP mode. <laughs> yes, it does have a PvP mode. But And also, when you guys were jumping me about the 10 character thing, you completely forgot about the always online system that people seem to be the most upset about. Yes. Do you guys have any thoughts on that? I don't mind it. I'm always online. <laughs> what about you, Anna? You don't care about Diablo 3. <laughs> Even if I was still on my crappy connection, I was playing StarCraft 2, and I mean... I dealt with it. It wasn't that big of a deal. Hmm. Oh, the internet's not always on. Stuff is going to connect, get, get uh, interrupted, and I'll get disconnected. Yeah, welcome to my life where I was getting disconnected every three hours. Like, you, you learn to live with it. I, I don't know. I don't feel oh, like come on. That, that's. I know. I know it's easy for people in your position. To, I mean. 
you still have to understand this. <laughs> I want you to finish that statement. What position what? is Anna in? The big, like, fine, forget it. Never mind. <laughs> no, 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 forget it. I'm done. Okay. <laughs> That's my thought. Shut down. Okay. I don't know what position you're in, but I'm I'm curious about that. Uh, yeah, so who who are the people I wanna know so let's let's have the let's have the constant connection argument. Who are the people who are negatively impacted by the constant connection thing such that it's actually a serious issue nowadays? Well, I'll say it's not a serious problem for me, although my internet does give out occasionally. Mm-hmm. But then again I said I'm not that interested in Diablo three, so you know. I'm assuming you log out, you re and you reconnect and it just drops you back in the game. That's not a problem, right, for you? Would it be? Hmm. Sorry. Repeat that. Oh, uh, say you lag out and you have to reconnect and it drops you right back where you were in the game. Is that okay? No, that's fine. That's fine. Um, yeah, I can deal with that. Uh, Except it doesn't do that. What does it do? Kicks you to the lobby. Does it? Wow, yeah, that it sucks. shouldn't do that. That's an issue then. They should fix that. Because people are going to have issues with that. I mean, the, the damn games are hosted on their servers. They should be able to keep the state going. So I don't know what's up with that. So what are we? What are we? We're we're excluding certain uh, countries, right? We're excluding countries that only have internet on like wireless phones and stuff like that. By by having always on requirements, right? Are those some of the people who are being impacted by this? Don't know. Okay. Someone write in. Tell us who's being impacted by the always offline or always online rather. Who's always offline? Yeah. Consoles. A lot of consoles are offline. I don't know. Are you searching desperately for? Uh, I'm searching for anything because apparently there's an issue, but nobody wants to tell me what the issue is. So I don't know. Uh, whatever. Who cares? Just move on. Okay. I'm trying. <laughs> All right. So, for people who are going to accuse me of being a Blizzard fanboy, please make it. Please make note on the record well, that I try I, to the understand gen- the other say, side. <laughs> the general impression I get is that. Um, in this kind of world of um, you know constant piracy, is the um, always online requirement will only affect people who legitimately play the game. Yes, basically. yes, that is true. So it, but so here's the thing: they had a follow-up story. Uh, they interviewed what's his dude's name? <laughs> oh yeah, online the Blizzard te- VP. Yeah, online who, technologies have- vice president. I can't believe that people are so upset about this. He said, he said, quote, I'm actually kind of surprised in terms of there even being a question in today's age around online play and the requirement around that. Showing that this guy is actually an idiot. Um, we've been doing online gaming for gameplay for 15 years now. It really is just the nature of how things are going, the nature of the industry. When you look at everything you get by having the persistent connection on the servers, you cannot ignore the power and the draw of that. Uh, he goes on to claim the DRM wasn't the impetus for the decision, but rather the feature set, the sanctity of the game system like your characters. You're guaranteeing that there are no hacks, no dupes. I look and say, wow, DRM solutions kind of suck. But if there's a compelling reason for you to have that online connectivity that enhances gameplay, that doesn't suck. That's awesome. Uh, let's see. He mentioned you'll still be able to have a private game. You'll still be able to go off and play the game solo and adventure solo. You can opt to bring other people to your world if you want to, but that's up to you. Uh, and uh, that's all he has to say on it. So 
I find this con this sort of comment really either pre-prepared and stupid or uh, just plain ignorant because the idea that you didn't know there'd be an objection to this is just stupid. You knew there'd be an objection to this. Don't tell me nobody in your organization said, hey, people are going to you know hate you if you do this. Remember StarCraft II? They just did this to us. They're going to do it again. So I, I don't buy his comments here. But uh, he... Aside from that, his point is that this wasn't for DRM. This was for guaranteeing that the characters are safe and no hacks, no dupes. So uh, it's not really a DRM decision. It's just a side benefit, I guess. At least that's their claim, if you believe them. Hmm. Uh, the question, actually, the question I'd be curious in actually is: um, Would would uh, Diablo three use uh, Warden? I don't know. I would think so. Anti- well, yeah, because I would kind of presume so, considering the history that they've had. You know, Diablo two being plagued with hacks and dupes and whatnot. Yeah, I, I would actually and, you know, expect it. Yeah, yeah. Is that a problem for people? Is Warden no, problematic? It's, it's not suggesting. It's not suggesting it's a problem, but it, the ex- does the exist it, does the existence of an existing thing called you know the the Warden anti cheat thing that Blizzard run on I think World of Warcraft mm-hmm. and stuff and probably StarCraft two as well. Does that make it? a DRM decision because the anti-cheat functionality is already there. Oh, I, I think DRM is a nice side benefit for them. That's uh, part of the main goal of, you know, fixing all the hacking. Well, and I guess that also brings up another question. Can you fix the hacking and stuff without DRM? I'm not sure you can. So it's all part of the same decision, isn't it? Well, that's just what I'm saying. Don't they already have an anti-cheat thing, the the warden system, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, if they already have the anti-cheat, why why does the DRM factor into it kind of thing? I don't know. I, I guess I don't know what you mean. Okay. I, I mean, the DRM factors into it only because being online all the time requires you to have bought an account key, which is kind well, of yeah, the best form that. of DRM right now, right? Mm. But, I mean, you know, several other things do use CD key authentication for at least online modes. Yes. But, you know, if you play single player... It's, doesn't matter kind of thing right 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 but i mean i think we've i think we as a kind of industry have moved on from um because i mean i think what some people are annoyed about is it marks a complete 180 from blizzard's old methods of distribution back in the good old days of the 90s um who you know some people will probably still remember the spawn installs on yep. uh, both starcraft and the original diablo yeah they completely gave up on those like a long yeah. time ago. So, you know, for some people, it's kind of like, well, you know, Blizzard used to be really good about this kind of thing, and now they're just following on from, you know, insert evil company here kind of thing, Ubisoft, whatever. Yeah. No, I think you're, I think you're you're right to most degree on that. I'm hoping that they will, you know, actually give a crap about their community and do something about it if they find if this like isn't working for people, but. Well, I still, I still suspect that D three will still sell like mad. It's I, I think it'll sell like mad. I think the online stuff won't be a big issue, um, except for countries I do. where. Why doesn't Blizzard just let you have offline characters and online characters separate, like they did in Diablo two? It doesn't bother anyone that you have to pay for the game and not, you know, as long as you don't bring single player characters to online modes, and that's your choice when you do that. You can have the best of both worlds. Well, Rob's response to that is. Um, the online, offline mode would create a, quote, separate path for players, and most people wouldn't use it anyway. And he says this solution is more clean. 
It's kind of a cra- yeah. That's not it much of a response. It would require a lot of work to make two oh, distinct infrastructures for the game. I don't think it's worth their time. Yeah, I, I mean, it, save character systems really complicated technology, isn't it, Quinn? Right? You're our game developer well, here. Well, there is a <laughs> no, there, there there is no there's an element of truth to what Anna says. Um, in the um, you know, you're effectively creating what two sets of rules that need to be implemented at different times. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that actually works or not for you is mostly dependent on how complicated the game is. Even StarCraft Two has an offline mode like yep. that. Well, yeah, it, it does. does. Yep. And this is not like Dave. I, I've been following Diablo Three Zone for a long time, and they've been saying for years that they would have this offline mode where the characters were separate. And it was just that this investors call. I mean, this this last meeting they had. That they said they reversed that decision. Say no, we're not going to have it at all. So is this Activision? Is, is Blizzard would, covering th- up for an Activision I, overrule? I think there is the this, the decision smells of Activision. I think a lot of people would probably say that. But mm, but anything know. we disagree with, we're going to blame on Activision. Yeah, at this point, any, so. anything that anything that Blizzard do now that is kind of considered. Uh, either against their principles, in air quotes, um, you know, will be blamed on the parent company. Mm-hmm. You know, Do, aren't these guys in a great position? Rob Hardy can just play the innocent bystander. No, really, we we love you guys. But yeah, but Activision are assholes, basically. You know, but well, he he can't say that. He just relies on us to make that assumption. Exactly. No, totally. I love you guys. Don't worry about it. Hmm. You know, it, it's actually. I mean, if you think about it, actually, it's quite a clever, uh, quite a clever setup. Have this cake and eat it too. Yeah. Uh, so, to sum up my feelings on this game, assuming anyone gives a crap, uh, I, I I agree that the the constant connection decision is kind of a slap in the face of a lot of people, and they probably shouldn't have done it. But it, it's not going to ruin my enjoyment of the game, and I'm looking forward to the new security features and how it will help reduce the amount of scamming and stuff I have to deal with in the online game, which is what I want to play. Because, uh, honestly, I didn't consider Diablo 2 an offline game. I considered it primarily an online game. But that's that's for me. I assume Manny's really pissed. Are you going to actually not play this game now because of this? Uh, you know what? It's just... I, what I, the point I was trying to make with Anne is that she's lived in like this kind of MMO communities for a long time, yeah. and she's dealt with the positives and the negatives of all of this the I think right it, and it, oh sorry go ahead you finish no, and then I'll pen. I mean I mean for I mean you and you Chris you have a great connection you you're always on I mean it, it works great for you for you guys I mean uh-huh. you guys are in a great position and I understand that it's okay and you guys don't have an issue with it it's just I also understand the people who do have problems with it and the people who used to play Diablo 2 all over the place they would take it to their parents house on during Christmas break on their laptop they would do this with that they would do this they would play on a plane it was their go-to game for so many years and now the feeling that I don't own my characters anymore I can't do this anymore and also it's just also this kind of feeling that people have of uh, sort of boundary issues on the internet and ownership in DRM in general and for some people it just sort of crosses that line mm-hmm. and I understand that I'm an, you know I understand where they're coming from and I in that situation, I feel like it's okay. Vote with your dollar. If this is really a system that you can't support and this is a DRM scheme that you hate, then stand by your guns and do not buy Diablo 3. It may not make a big difference right now, but at the very least, you're putting your money where your mouth is and you're voting with what you care about. Yep. What are you going to do? You, the funny thing is, is uh, it's just sort of like the – I would be – this is just the honest truth. I, I, 
if Torchlight 2 did not exist, I would be far more upset. Mm-hmm. But it seems like Torchlight 2 will satisfy that need exactly that I want. Because I do actually want a game that I can play offline mm-hmm. and I can travel with and play and sort of just not have to worry about having my uh, my battle, my being an authentication key with me at all times. So you have no plans to pick up Diablo 3 till maybe it drops to like 20 bucks or something like no, that? No, 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 no. I mean, it's just, it's sort of like how Bashiok, you know, one of the big, um, one of the big mods, not, excuse me, what's his, what's a community yeah. manager yeah, over yeah. at yeah. Blizzard. He's like, well, you know, this has sort of become an online game for us. This is, this is like, wow, but for, but sort of like you pay once for the client. This is a, sort of an online experience. And we understand that's going to upset a lot of our people and the people with our heritage, but that's where we're going. This is now an online experience. So at that point, for me, it's not something I would ever play on a laptop, period. It's uh-huh. something I'm going to pay on a big iMac that I have plugged into my, you know, right. plugged into my Ethernet cable in, at home. So, so my brain sort of shifted already to that kind of idea and sort of mindset for uh, – for what Diablo 3 is now, it's an online game. It's a home game. It's a game where I can play on a 27-inch iMac or whatever system you have at home, and you play with a fast kit connection, and that's yeah. what that is. Are you going now, to get it? But, and for every other and for every other sort of situation, I have Torchlight 2, which is the exact opposite of Diablo 3. So I, I can live with both. I Are you going to buy it or not? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm wondering too. <laughs> You're doing a good job of dancing around the question, but are you going to get the game or no? I, I thought I was explaining my expressing my ideas and my thoughts on the issue. Oh yes, I I well, okay. Such a Maybe? Rush but I've been it. trying. I've been trying yes to no. ask you for <laughs> mostly whether or not you're still interested. In no, no, the no, game. no, no. We're just putting our foot down here. Yes or no, Manny? <laughs> I was about to get to the issue. I was just, jeez, you guys are so patient. Less hyperbole, more yes or noing. All right, lay off, lay off just, I was just summing up my thoughts in general about the whole issue. <laughs> He's still doing it. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, it wasn't, I guess it wasn't a game. Just I'm a little. I was just a little upset that you guys cut me off like that when I was just trying to explain how I felt about the whole thing. Oh, I thought you did. You went on for quite a while. I thought you had fully ex- explained yourself. If you've got more to say, please do. I just no, really want to know whether or not you're going to get the game. Yeah, I, I thought it was implied. Yeah, of course I'm, I'm going to get it. Yeah, but okay. I, like I said, I would be a lot more upset if Torchlight 2 didn't exist because Torchlight 2 satisfies all those issues. And uh, I was sort of transitioning into the Torchlight 2 discussion because Torchlight yeah, actually, 2 exactly- that's, what, that's what I was going to ask is do, do we have the Torchlight 2 story to talk about because there's some yes. major news. Yes, 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 we do. So uh, Somewhere. Like like um, Max Schaefer would say, there's a lot more differentiating points between Torchlight 2. Yes, and in fact, interestingly, he he discussed the Diablo 3 stuff, and he actually said he was excited to see how the games were branching off, and even though they were in the same genre, they were really going to satisfy two different needs. So that's what he said, but then they got their own press crap storm when they announced that Torchlight 2 will not be coming out for Xbox Live Arcade. It's too big. Like, at all. Yeah. No, more like you just you could they could still redesign it. No, wait, too well, big. They, they just, would require. Yeah, would, they sorry. they had to redesign Torchlight One to get into the requirements, and they like barely squeaked under. There is absolutely no way that they can put Torchlight Two on the XBLA as the requirements stand. So is this? So this, in my opinion, this story. They put out this statement. We can't bring it out because we require complete redesign. We only work on one project at a time. We've got other things to focus on after Torchlight Two is out. We can't do a complete redesign. There's there's two there's two ways to look at this story. If you ask me, 
One, this is a feeler story that they've thrown out there to see if uh, X, uh, Microsoft would be willing to raise the limit again, as they have done in the past when people put out similar stories. Two, um, this is just something to make people not expect it anytime soon while they negotiate some other coding studio to do the redesign in the background and have it out like in a year or something like that. Right. What do you think? Um, 50-50. I don't, it's not a space issue because, I mean, the, I think the space limitation is like big at this point. It's the memory issue. Is it? Yeah. Uh, it's a memory limit? All right. And this that, is that's that's a, then that kills my entire first prop, uh, first idea. Then yeah, they would if they disc it, they would be able to get around that. Really, it, I don't. Yeah, what? Whoa, 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 it's, it's something with the way that XBLA runs versus a disc game. I don't understand it. Um, it they tried to explain it to me when I was working on an Xbox game last year, and it just flew over my head. That's weird. You know. It's true. It might just because it won't be on XBLA, it could always be on games on demand. Right. Which they, no. Well, no, that, that means you have to do a full retail release, which is a lot more expensive for yeah. whoever's publishing it, right? They're, they're not doing games on demand. You actually have to have a retail release to have a game on demand? I'm not yes. aware of any game on demand that exists that is not always a retail release. If, that's, if there you is, that's new. You must have a retail release to be in games on demand. Ooh, sounds like you know from previous discussions with some people, huh? You must have a retail release to be <laughs> That's all she'll say. I love that. <laughs> so they can disc it, and that is uh, – that, that door has been left open. Um, but they're not even going to consider it until Torchlight 2 is out and the, the next project that they're doing is established. So who would pay, pay 40 bucks just to play Torchlight on Xbox Live Arcade? Torchlight 2. Torchlight 2. Because that's it, the cheapest Xbox disc price, right? Is it 40 or is it 30? Yeah, thirty nine ninety nine. Yeah, I think so. Which I mean is is higher than they want to price the game. Yeah, and and you wouldn't necessarily get the return out of it that they would like to see. So I mean, like I said, the the door has been left open. It it's still a, a potential, certainly, but um, as it stands, no. Um, the other thing that they announced is they have redesigned the Railman class. He is now the engineer. Uh, redesigned art- or renamed? Redesigned. Oh, I thought they just renamed it because they uh, didn't the have any railroads in the game. The artwork is a little different, too. Like, that was the reason, though, right? We don't have any railroads in this yeah, game, yeah, so they yeah, did a new name. <laughs> originally, when they thought up the, the lore for Torchlight 2, they had this idea that rails were going to be your primary form of transportation. And so the idea of the railman and, and the name made sense. So um, he has been renamed to the engineer. Artwork is slightly modified. Skills and abilities slightly modified. Um, but, I mean, we knew that redesign was coming, and the fourth class will be announced at PAX. And we have a meeting with them. So yes. the, uh, I'm, I'm, actually, uh, I'm, I'm actually sort of titillated because uh, Runic is actually doing two tiers of meetings at PAX. Yeah. So, uh, so they're, they're swanky enough to, to, to tap into that potential. So go Runic. And Wait, two um, tiers meetings? Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't know what that means. That means um, they're having their their primary relationship with press companies meetings, and then their everybody else meetings. Yeah. Oh, okay. So um, we're in the primary apparently, but 
the question is, um, is it actually a different tier where we're being shown different things or is it we just get to see it on the first day? Because I think that's more just That's a good question <laughs> to which we won't have an answer until basically we compare our coverage. I to think something. we're, yeah, I think we're Friday at 10 a.m., right? Yeah, we're like bright and early. So we're going to have to go. We're going to actually try and go see this and then get yeah, the story actually, up same day. So I need to talk to her and make sure that she knows we're bringing cameras. Yeah, go. Yeah. Cool. So but I think we, she knows. We need to. Yeah, yeah, we'll I talk about that later. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah, for those of uh, for those of you at home who are going to be watching our PAX coverage, we're going to have cameras there this year. So, right? Anna, you're going to be we at did PAX? Last year. Yeah. I yes. am going to be at PAX. So it's going to be you, Chris, Michael. Michael and Fox. Oh, okay, cool, Annette. Oh, Fox one... did a little of our camera work at E3 this year, and it was super special, awesome. So I'm very stoked to do more camera stuff again at PAX. Could you guys ask a question or two for me at the end of your interview? Uh, yeah, we will probably put up a, a forum post with uh, what companies we're going to be seeing at PAX and questions if you'd like to ask them. Sweet. Oh, so. and just one little thing I just wanted to talk about the uh, about uh, Torchlight 2. Uh, Schaefer also mentioned, a li- also offered a little information on exactly what sort of DM measures will be implementing in Tor- they will be implementing Torchlight 2. Uh, we don't have zero DRM, we just have very simple DRM. In fact, with our it's- box copies... We'll have almost no DRM at all, he revealed. Yeah. The way we're handling it is that you'll just have access to our patching and matchmaking service only by logging in with an account. And you don't need to use either of those, but that's how we're approaching it. We want to penalize our honest customers just to squeak out, a f- squeak out a few more sales from a few people who pirate or from people who pirate. So still no word yet on how matchmaking will work. Um, still no word yet on a trading system, which it sounds like it's just going to be a uh, drag and drop. And... Um, so, uh, I, they made, the, according to Schaefer, they made all of their benchmarks in July. So we are definitely looking at September, October for release. I don't think they're going to push it back anymore. Do you think there'll be a release date announcement at PAX? No. Mm-hmm. Wait. Yes. <laughs> I hate to think about one PAX. Yeah, it's September long weekend. Yes, I think we will see. If nothing else, we will get a window. Cool, cool. We will and get it. I mean, at this point, all we've had is guesses, and I mean, it's Max, so you know, he just talks about whatever the hell he feels like, and Wonder gets to deal with the fallout later. But um, you know, they've never given any official dates other than Max giving guesses. So I'm sure they will give us something official at PAX. How definitive it will be will depend on um, on how far they get in August. I think. Oh, very cool. You think after they launch it, they're going to take a break or go straight no. into the Mac port? Um, well, it's a different company that does the Mac port. Oh, I see. They farm that out. But I mean, the game needs to be finished before they can give it to the Mac company, I think. So you think Mac port 2012? No, I think Mac port this year, if we're lucky. All right, cool. Interesting. Um, and just really quick. The, the oh, interesting thing, yeah, one, one last tidbit that came out is... Uh, we may not see them launch straight into the MMO after Torchlight 2. The implication is there may be another product between the two. Hmm. Which I have mixed feelings about because originally I got into Torchlight because I want to play the MMO. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's going to be like, okay. When you say another project, you're not, you don't mean like a Torchlight 3, do you? Um, the honest answer is I don't know. It will be in the oh. Torchlight franchise. It might be a TL2 expansion, it might be TL3, or it might be 
who knows so and again this was just you know sort of a a my sort of interpretation of what Max said in part of that interview. So I might be completely, you know, wrong. Okay. Well, we will see more when we get to PAX and get our coverage there. Uh, we've got a new iPhone game to announce. Not that we're developing it. I was about to say. Yeah. Uh, no, there's a couple iPhone games that came out this week. The first one, Guardian Saga. Uh, and this is a game that harkens back to the original Dragon Quest. It looks very much like a Dragon Quest game. Uh, slightly better graphics, and it's on the iPhone for a buck ninety nine. You can find out more about it at uh, nine dot com nine t h b i t g g a m e s dot com. So go check that out. They've got videos and stuff. Also, Final Fantasy Tactics finally came out on iPhone. That is out this week. And well, was, you said no. What? I said Final Fantasy Tactics, and you were like no. Well, because I was talking about the other one first. Ah. <sighs> You went out of order. You confused me. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yes. You'll note I then said, oh, yeah, we've got a couple. But anyway, (laughs) Final Fantasy Tactics is out on iPhone. Later this month, the iPad version will be out. The the iPhone version, $15.99. That's right. It costs more than it costs on PlayStation Portable, which you could play on your TV. Which I kind of have an issue with that. I don't know if anyone else has an issue with that. But that's crazy. That's crazy. I just don't buy anything from Square Enix on iOS, period. Not even on sale, huh? Because there's a big Square no, Enix never, sale right now, right? Please, their sales still cost like five times more than every other game. <laughs> it's like a $2 sale or something like that. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. All right. Uh, how about The Witcher 2? Speaking of Xbox stuff getting delayed or canceled, Witcher 2 has now been delayed on Xbox 360. Uh, it is now going to be... I guess sometime next year. Uh, like they said in the first quarter. Oh, okay. It's mainly to do with uh, the sort of the lawsuit dispute they have with Namco Bandai in Europe and just gives them more time to polish the game too. Oh, they said that? Yeah. They were, they're very forthright company. Wow, that's very, that is very forthright. Okay, so there we go. That's why. How about Breath of Fire 4? Anyone want to go back and play that? Go back and play uh, that? What platform? Uh, Steam, oh no, not Steam, sorry, <laughs> the article headline confused me, PlayStation Network, so you can play oh, it, so cool. it's, it's the PlayStation release, so it'll be out on, on PSN, uh, for how much, I don't know, however much those games cost on PSN, I think they're usually, what, 15, something like that, 10, 5, 5.99, 5.99, right, yes, no, okay, well, whatever, um, <laughs> Nobody knows. Nobody cares about Breath of Fire 4. Does anyone in the chat room care about Breath of Fire 4? No, apparently no one. Okay. How about Borderlands? Who cares about Borderlands? Chris, this is some shoddy journalism right here. Yeah, <laughs> some shoddy <Move> journalism. <laughs> Borderlands 2 was announced. But before it was announced, there was a story that it was going to be announced. And then, uh, what's the guy's name? from Randy Pitchford, right? Uh-huh. What do you say? Oh, uh- that's some shoddy journalism. <laughs> That's his quote with the... <laughs> Pretty much. You can with hear the, the audible... <laughs> so he, he was helping Zoltan with record his guts segment. All right. Um, so Randy Pitchford says, That's some shoddy journalism. And uh, that, what did he do this in the comments on an article or something? I'm um, in his Twitter feed. On his Twitter feed. Oh, great. And then they turn around and announced it the next day. Borderlands 2 was announced. <laughs> so it doesn't seem like it was all that shoddy of journalism, huh? 
No, it was just more that uh, he was upset because Game Informer has the exclusive cover on it. Oh, and who found out about it? Eurogamer. Eurogamer. Ooh. So he was trying to protect the exclusive that they sold to Game Informer, aren't they? Yeah, we had a situation like that with one of my clients, and it ended up not being a big deal. Oh, all right. Exclusive. We just don't gave the exclusive much, right? to somebody else. <laughs> to somebody I mean, else. To be fair, Eurogamer didn't sign like uh, they didn't sign an NDA. They didn't do any right. of that stuff. So I was like, oh. they just upset it didn't fit in their PR plan. By a day. Like it matters. I like it. Announception, as Shadow puts it. <laughs> yes. Oh, I like Inception. All right. So, what can you tell me about Borderlands? Uh, bo- it's getting a sequel, and it's going to be anything a, about the sequel. It's going to be a shooter RPG hybrid, and hmm. it'll be uh, shown off at Gamescom, and be on the 360 PS3 PC. It'll be sometime Yay, next well, year. Or, I might actually be able to see it. Yeah, 2012 or 2013. Yeah, that's right, John. You're going to be there. You can play it. That's what I know about Borderlands 2. John's going to get to play it, maybe. Uh, if they have a playable demo at Gamescom. Or he'll see it. Yeah. Well, maybe no, trailer. No, no, you're going to get to play it because you're going to you're gonna be hired for them by the time that conference is over. You're just going to go in there and say, I'm, I'm working for you, and I need to play your new game. You're uh, just going to make them believe. Can I, can I uh, make an application to live in your dream world? Because it kind of sounds... It is pretty good. Um, no, you just watch Inception a lot, and then anything's possible in your dreams. And it just works. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I don't want to be in your dreams. That's oh, just... well, yeah, but you'd be in your own dreams or shared dreams. Shared dreams populated by another person's subconscious, and then Borderlands comes out of the ground. Yes. I don't know. Gearbox says you can uncover mysteries of the world of Pandora during the game, and uh, any further information is a secret. So. Well, they, they're promising like a lot more, a, a lot of different uh, kinds of environments than were shown in the first game, several new character classes. Ooh. All right. Several new character classes. Oh, more guns, because apparently Infinity Guns wasn't enough. <laughs> yeah, they, that's right. They had Infinity Guns, didn't they? So now there's Infinity plus one guns. Nice. Uh, good stuff. Uh, oh, and did you see the latest class? <laughs> this, uh, sort of Mohawk guy. Divide by zero guns. Uh, wait, wait. His class in Borderlands? Yeah, they, they're showing His off new some class is Mohawk? Oh, have you seen the? Is it Mr. T? He's a night elf mohawk in Borderlands. Is that what it is? No. Uh, no. It's like this, this weird-looking guy. Oh, okay. <laughs> Wait, aren't all the Borderlands characters weird-looking guys? This guy's especially weird-looking. <laughs> especially weird-looking guy. All right. So we're. <laughs> I mean, his body proportions are really off. It's interesting that they're taking even more cartoonish style with it. Oh, that is a weird-looking guy. He's like fat, but he's he's really muscular, and he's got. Two guns and a mohawk and a beard. Beard hawk. All right. All right. It's pretty cool. Lots of guns, new environment, new blah, blah, blah. Should be interesting. Okay. Well, you like, you know, when I heard this announcement, I'm like, man, I can't wait to play this game in 2013. This is going to earn 2014. Oh, because you're going to wait for the game of the year. All right. I get that it. game of the year edition is going to be awesome. So, so this means the next game they're working on is not Duke Nukem even more forever? How big is their team? I don't know. I honestly don't know. All right. So it could be big enough to do both, isn't it? All right. Possible. Possible. How about some 3DS news, guys? Here's a pick-me-up. So the 3DS, uh, they announced a couple extra, you know, that ambassador program. They're dropping the price to 
what 180 170 something like that and uh they've got those games that are coming out that you get if you bought the game the 3ds earlier before the price drop right uh two things on that one apparently there's a big rumor that on tuesday walmart will have the system at 170 bucks in the u.s so go buy it there and on august 9th tuesday and you've got a couple days to log into the eShop, and then you'll get the the free games and you'll have gotten it at the cheap price so we're going to try and do that this week anna wants to pick up a 3ds Two, they announced a couple extra games that they're going to bring out, which is which are, which are what? Oh, where'd they put them? Oh, okay, I don't know where it is, but uh, oh, right, Kirby's something attack and uh, I think Super Mario Advance Four or something like that. Uh, and also, they said that the NES titles are going to include multiplayer. So that means, that's cool. So that means you play, I guess, online or local. I don't know which. But the NES games that they're giving away in this this ambassador program will have multiplayer. That's pretty cool. Does that make you more excited about these games? Anybody? It only applies to you, though, right? Yeah, it only applies to me. Yeah, it only applies to you because I don't think anyone else has a 3DS here. But you could buy the 3D NES titles later after you get your inexpensive NES, right? Maybe they currently have no plans to release these things outside of the ambassador program. No, that was the Game Boy Advance titles. The NES oh. titles, they will. They will. Okay. Um, so, do you want to play Legend of Zelda multi? Oh wait, they didn't have multiplayer. Ice Climber multiplayer online on your 3DS. That's what we've been waiting for, right? That's going to sell some systems. No. Okay. Okay. I I got another pitch for you guys. I know you didn't like that pitch. I got another pitch. All right. So check this out. How about the 3DS? You connect online and you get. DLC. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you buy your 3DS game and you could, um, you know, buy DLC for your games on the 3DS. That's what you want, right? Is that what the platform's been missing? No? No. Okay. <laughs> I tried. Nobody wants the 3DS. I'm sorry, Nintendo. I failed to help sell your system. Oh, DC Universe Online players, you're out there, right? None of them are on this call, but so I'll keep this quick. DC Universe is going on under, under a complete reboot, and pretty much every title is getting changes with a few exceptions. Um, things are going crazy, like Superman will no longer be married to Lois Lane, stuff like that, and multiple Batmans will be only one Batman and all this other crap. They're, they're rebooting pretty much their entire universe. They wanted to let you know that DC Universe Online will not be changed. They will not be messing with the story of the DC Universe Online game. Uh, they'll have a couple throw-in quest lines or something that might reference it in some way. But for the most part, that's not going to change the story of that. So if you've been worried about um, you know, them having to redesign the entire game, they're, they've basically told you that no, they're not going to redesign the entire game. <laughs> so don't worry about it. And what you should worry about instead is whether or not you're going to pick up the $130 collector's edition of War in the North, because we now have a release date. I've been waiting for this, and I know a lot of other people have too. November 1st in North America, November 2nd in Europe, and November 4th. Um, oh, wait, November 2nd in Australia, November 4th in Europe. So, we got a release date on War in the North. Anyone put their pre-orders in? No. No. You know what? I, I bet you if you have a little bit of discipline, like self-discipline, you could probably get that collectization for under $100. Yeah, just wait I, a little bit. I think it might not sell. That's Unless they make just very few of them. Everything on Amazon goes on sale within like a week. 
Like, remember when you when you bought Portal, uh, Portal 2 for full price and, like, two weeks later I got it for $30? Yeah. Yeah. It happens all the time. Hmm. Oh, well. Uh, let's see. Uh, Lord of the Rings and... Let's see. Oh, Catherine. So this is cool. We're going to talk about Catherine later in the show. But Atlas wanted to say some things about Catherine, namely that, let's see, they have a quote. Catherine has exceeded our highest expectations, says Tim Pivnickney, VP of Sales and Marketing at Atlas. It released last week to tremendous critical acclaim and fan response and continues to see strong sales at re- retail. And so it sounds like they may have sold 150 to 200,000 in like its first month, which is huge for an Atlas game. And so Catherine seems to be doing quite well. Yeah, I, was, I heard some people saying, like, I wonder if people really not knew what they were getting when they bought that game. Yeah. Because it was advertised pretty well, and, and people liked the artwork and the art style and the cover. And I don't, I want, people were asking, like, I wonder if they really knew if this was like a straight-up puzzle game. This is why I, I, I knew, and that's why I didn't buy it. But it, it has an awful lot of story segments in it, though. So you're getting a lot of that Persona-style story if, you, if you're into that stuff, so... I am I'm pleasantly surprised now that I've seen some of the game and how much story there is in the game. But there's a lot more puzzles, right? Yeah, but you can set it to easy or very easy if you have issues with the puzzles. So there are ways around that puzzle stuff. Yeah, I, I was I started on normal and the problem is is when you get to the end the end stage of each night, um you're being chased. It's a boss fight basically. And I panic. And don't remember what I'm doing. And, and so I die. Literally, she doesn't remember. Like, how do I move this block over? Uh, you just did it five times in a row. I, no, I, five do I don't know how to do it. I forgot. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. You do exactly what you did last time. <laughs> she panics. All right. Should we just talk about Catherine now? May as well. Uh, do Why we not? have more news? Yeah, let's just talk about Catherine now. Let's well, stop. No, no, no. We'll jump back to it in our play. We'll just, it'll All just right. be our first thing in our play. All right. All right. Elder Scrolls V Collector's Edition. So we love to make fun of Collector's Editions. Here's what's going on in this Collector's Edition. So they got a nice pretty image, and it looks like there's three components at, sitting on a map. So one of the things is a... Well, what does it have? An Alduin statue. It's the collector's only statue. It's 12 inches tall, made of PVC, high-quality PVC. It's made from the actual 3D models used for the game, and it uses uh, shows off Alduin, the world leader, who looks like a big black evil dragon. He's perched atop one of the game's many dragon walls that teaches a player the skills from the dragon language. Uh, it also comes with an art book, 200-page art book, and uh, the making of Elder Scrolls V DVD. And... Uh, Oh, so the art book has a forward by a guy named Todd Howard. A guy named Todd Howard. Todd, yeah. Todd Howard. Um, who is Todd Howard at Bethesda? What's his title? Does anybody know? Is he He's the game director. He's, a game he's like one of the big right? guys. Yeah, well, I know he was one of the big guys, but I don't know if he was what which big guy he was. So he's the game director. So there's a guy I deal with normally in my in my professional career. Like uh, there's a guy he represents one of the vendors I buy stuff from, and his name is also Todd Howard. And I just, you know, I've met him only in the past couple months. And now I get emails from Todd Howard, and it really confuses the hell out of me. I'm like, am I get? wait, how did Bethesda get my work address? Oh, wait, no, this is, oh, you're not Todd Howard. You're not the fun Todd Howard. You're the work Todd Howard. 
and and it's really confusing me. But okay, I think yeah, uh, he's game director and executive producer for Bethesda Game Studio. But and but what makes it weirder, Manny, is last week I think I just got an email from a guy named Jim Sterling. And I, it's like the game industry is converging upon my professional career, and it's really freaking me out. <laughs> His email might say James Sterling, but still, it's really confusing me. Uh, yeah. So, so what do you think of this collector's edition? Uh, well, I'm wondering, on the picture, it's shown with a big map underneath. Is there a map included? That's the pre-order bonus map. Oh, is that how that works? Okay. Yeah. Well, only if a physical pre-order bonus, right? I think, yeah. Is it paper or cloth? I do not know. They say really? high quality physical map. I don't know what that means. That means they haven't decided. Hmm. I'm trying to figure out if the one in the image looks paper or cloth. So, so, is it, so, so this is one of the interesting things that came out of uh, QuakeCon, right? Just this last week. It's still going on right now, I think. Oh, yeah? All right. This is where they announced it at QuakeCon 2011. All right. Is this worth 150 bucks? You know, the fun, I. I I really like this collector's edition, I have to say. I'm, I do I like this, this one because it's a nice-looking statue. It's simple. It doesn't have a bunch of tchotchkes you're going to throw out. Yep. It's a nice-looking oh, art, art book. It's huge. It's top-quality art book. It is 9 and 3 eighth inches by 12 and an eighth inch, so it's huge. It's a coffee ba- table size. I hate most art books, which are those little rectangles. Those are terrible. Ah, and I like the Blizzard one. Those are like a step up, but my problem with the Blizzard art books is that it's only pictures. So, like... The best art books, I think, are like the ones from like The Witcher 2 Culture Edition, which is um, lots of art, but then lots of commentary underneath explaining why they designed everything the way they did. And it sounds like this is that kind of art book with a nice cover and a nice statue. Would I pay $150 for it? No. Where can but, you buy this? It's on, you can pre-order on Amazon right now. You can. I just yes. typed it into Amazon. I don't see it. Hmm. Absolutely. It was one of their big announcements. It's like, you can pre-order this on Amazon right now. The statue looks pretty cool too. I mean, pretty cool. It looks pretty cool. I like the statue. But 150—that's like three games. Yeah, it's like three games. But you play this longer than you play three games. Uh, no, that's like Torchlight Two. That's like a co- normal copy of Skyrim and something else. <laughs> I get that too. Um, Do, 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 do. Sorry. Are you are you gonna are you ordering this right now? I, I'm ordering it right now. <laughs> <laughs> you just stamp weak to your forehead. I, I may, am weak. Here's one thing. If I find out it's a it's actually a crappy paper map, I may rescind the pre order. Wait, the map is like I the, know, isn't it that weird? But it's like if it's gotta be it's a lot of money, right? So every single part of it needs to feel awesome. But the everyone gets the map, even if you pre, even if you just pre order the standard copy of the game. All right. What you're paying for is the the, the 200 page book and the statue. All right, I might I might cancel it anyway. Wow, I think about really? It. The map is the okay. I know. <laughs> I know. Don't I have a weird perspective on things? Yeah. That is a nice looking book. I want to see some of that artwork. Are they showing off pages of the artwork? Not yet. They just announced it yesterday during QuakeCon. I think once everyone gets back home, all right. It's a pre order. I can cancel it. I've got plenty of time to cancel it if I don't. If I yeah. think it's not worth it. And PVC. PVC is cheap, isn't it? Um, IP Factory does good work, from what I understand. Because okay. I have statues. I have nice statues that I've paid $150 for, and they're not made of PVC. They're made out of stone. Um, so I, I don't know. I know the IP Factory had a really nice showing at Comic-Con. Yeah. And people were quite happy with a lot of their work and what they were doing. All right. Well, the nice thing about PVC is the statue's not fragile. So. Yeah, like the Deathwing thing I have is fragile. 
Yeah. Which is oh, also you got like a Deathwing little... statue? Oh shoot, man, that's awesome. Is that part of your BlizzCon bag or something? Last year, the the yeah. Deathling. Oh, it was a small one. Yeah, tiny. Oh, that's pretty sweet though. You could play that in a miniatures game, just destroy everybody. I played Deathwing. <laughs> he destroys your world. Oh shoot, I lose again. Man, you always win. All right. Oh, apparently, just to show you some of the stuff that the IP Factory has done. Yeah. They've uh, let me give you this link. They've done like some stuff from Valve, like tank and the tank or and the heavy statues. Or yeah, their, their Valve stuff is really impressive. Hmm. Okay. Sweet. I'll check that out. All right. So we should probably stop talking about whether or not I'm going to buy the collector's edition. Uh, Bastion. This is something John's been waiting for. Bastion coming to Steam. Are you happy, John? Sorry, damn, Mick was muted again. Yeah, yeah no, that, that's kind of what I was waiting for. Um, I'll probably pick that up when it comes you out. You don't have to wait very long. August 16th. So no, I'll like be when I'm days. away in Germany. Well, you come back. I'll and get, it, get it when I get back. Uh, it's Steam. I, you could download I, it in I, Germany, right? Well, no, it's, it's, an, it's a money issue. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Going to Germany ain't cheap. All right, all right. Fine. You know. Yeah, yeah. I I I had to. Yeah, yeah, I know. We don't we don't cover your costs here because RB Gamer no. actually has no money, so we can't. Well, and I'm not and I'm not officially. I'm not as I mentioned last week. I'm not going as a representative RB Gamer. I'm going on a student pass. I'm kind of hoping that by paying the amount of money that I did for an all access pass, that they at least give us some nice freebies at the door. That would right. be nice. That would be nice. Why don't, haven't they gotten freebies at the door in the previous years? Maybe I don't know. I, I, I don't know I, how freebie they are when you like have to pay such high amounts, but you know. Well, um, I, I say I, I don't really have a metric to go off here. Uh, this is the first time I've been to GDC. Don't be so. don't be upset if the fact that you got it at a reduced rate because you're a student may, means you don't get the freebie though. Sometimes uh, conventions do that, so be prepared for disappointment. There. Disappointment. Yeah. Just uh, you'll have a better con- convention if you don't go into it expecting freebies. <laughs> All right. Still oh. paid an absolute ton of money for that ticket, though. I know. I know. It's probably over five hundred bucks, right? Yes. Jeez, it's a lot. You're in the industry yeah. now. <laughs> I hope you get a job out of it, man. Absolutely. Uh, uh, hoping for you. All right, so Bastion also wanted to let us know, or Supergiant Games, rather, the people who made Bastion, wanted to let us know that they've released the Bastion soundtrack for a $10 digital download, if you're into that. Uh, there'll be an actual CD in, in September. And, oh, if you're at PAX Prime in September, you can buy the CD there and have it signed by the composer, which I actually might do. That'd be cool. Um, Let's see, Torchlight 2, we talked about... World of Warcraft Pet Sales. Check this one out. The They released a little uh, griffin... What's this called, Anna? What's the the, it was the, a little Scenarian Hippogriff. Yeah, Scenarian thing. Hatchling, which is a little tiny floating Hippogriff. I bought one of these. It's a $10 price tag where 100% of proceeds go to uh, American's Red Cross as long as they were purchased before July 31st. They raised $1.9 million. <laughs> So they so, what does that mean? They sold what one hundred ninety thousand of these things. Uh, At least, wow. yeah, yeah, that's uh, pretty good, pretty good. Those pet sales, they they go. Uh, well, considering the number of people you 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 see riding around on sparkle ponies, I I 
Oh, yeah, that's the mount sales. You know, that's what they should do. Like, do a mount sale that's for charity. I wonder if they'd be willing to give up one of their $25 items for charity. I don't know. The pet sales might have higher figures, though. So either way, 1.9 million is extremely impressive. That's awesome. That that is just great. They should. Uh, they have a lot of power <laughs> with money. It's kind of scary, actually. Uh, someone who used to have power in the game industry, Sony. Uh, they gave us some details about uh, the Vita. Was that was that judgmental? Was that too? Am I an Xbox fanboy? That's for some that? shoddy journalism. That's some Chris. shoddy journalism. Sorry. Uh, so the PlayStation Vita will not be launching in 2012 in U.S. or Europe. So everyone's uh, initial you fears mean it won't be launching in 2011. Oh yes, it won't be launching in 2011 in the U.S. or Europe. It won't be launching until 2012. That's right. 20, that is some shoddy journalism. 2012 release date in the U.S. and Europe. This is what we were afraid of. We thought, hey, maybe there'll be a worldwide launch. No, there's not a worldwide launch. It'll be out in Japan this year, out everywhere else next year. Sorry, guys. Well, uh, is that really that surprising, though? No, it's not that surprising, but no. people were hoping. I mean, because, you know, they're releasing the Vita, you know, the successor to the PSP mm-hmm. in the country that has probably supported the PSP far more than the two places that really haven't. Yeah. It's probably well, a good thing, too. The games have more time to cook a lot of them. Yeah. So you're uh, basically Sony avoiding the uh, the 3DS problem. Yeah, mm. system comes out, nobody's there's no games people want to play on it. Yep, yeah, pretty much. Uh, some people are saying the the landscape will change again if uh, if an iPad 3 is out by that time, and like or like four core cell phones are out by that time. Now I have some objections about saying that about the iPad 3 cuz if the iPad 3 really is about that time there's going to be so many people bitching about the idea of an iPad 3 coming out already again there'll be like backlash against Apple for the iPad 3 so it will really change the market that much cuz that'll yeah, be the story enough. then. So I I guess I don't know how it'll pan out. Maybe everyone will buy it every way anyway and like the people who are sick of Apple for for doing too fast of releases are not the same people who have been waiting for an iPad 3 for gaming. I don't know. If, is there <laughs> sure a cross-section there? I don't know. But I, I do I do know that, you know, just like if Nintendo released the 3DS Lite this year, they'd get a bunch of crap for it. Apple's going to get a lot of crap if they release the iPad 3 this year. So I don't know. I'm just, I'm just what's it called? Devil's advocate. No, no, it's fair. It's fair. Um, but So... So maybe you don't need to worry about that, though, because the, PC, P, the PlayStation Vita is going to be so compelling, I'll tell you why. You could use the PlayStation Vita as a controller for PS3 games, according to a Eurogamer article. Uh, Phil Rogers, a Sony Europe R&D manager, that means research and development, for those not in the know, at the Develop Conference 2011, which I guess is some European developers conference. I don't know. Do you know what the Develop Conference is, John? You heard of that? No? Okay. Uh you're you're still muted, I guess. Uh, you can so here's what could you do with this? You can you could drive a display from a PS3 game. PS3 can send data down to Vita, and Vita can display it. You could set and use the unique features of Vita, like the gyroscope, the touch front and back, as a control device for a PS3 game. You can run software on both devices and use the network to sync the game states. Uh, that's pretty good because then you have the processing power of PS3 doing the actual work and the Vita fancy graphics. However you want to do it, you're not sacrificing the PS3 CPU to be able to have a rich experience on the Vita. Uh, He says this is a fairly new idea, which is ironic because the Wii U kind of showed off this idea just at E3. But uh, most of the time we'll be okay with it, whatever that means. Uh, Okay. And uh, another thing the Vita can do is cross-platform play. So 
being able to play on your PS3 online with users on the Vita and that sort of thing. Uh, For launch, we'll also have Remote Play, which does look good on Vita. I saw an early version of it running recently. Remote Play, if you remember, that's... uh, that lets you play your PS3 game using your PSP as the controller, and it actually spits the display out to the PSP. So that's going to also work on the Vita, which you would expect given the other features they announced here. Uh, John, you back on the call? I know you, you dropped there for a little bit. Uh, yeah, 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 I'm actually. So we're talking about uh, features that the PSP or P, the PS Vita is going to have with the PS3, and you can push the display out to it, use the PS Vita as a controller, use the gyroscope, use the touch front and the back. Uh, so it sounds like the, the Vita is going to be able to do pretty much all the stuff the Wii U controller can do, I think. Yeah. So here, here's... But, but what? Gigantic but. Oh, what is it? You can't, if you're making a PS3 game, you can't assume the guy has... Your, your consumer also has a PlayStation Vita. Like yeah. you can't with the Wii U. Okay. That's a good point. You can't make So you really something. can't design games around it. You can just have a, an extra feature that has it. Yeah, but that means... I can do my golf game with a PlayStation Move and my PS Vita, right? Yeah, I mean, honestly, much. out of the entire Nintendo presentation, the only game I really cared about was the golf game because that was so cool. Um, that's all I really want to see. So if they can do that with my Vita and my PS3, I'm kind of good. I don't need a Wii U. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, man, right. what he wants. Yeah, I know what I want. <laughs> I don't know what I want. I'll probably buy one anyway. I'm crazy. All right. So uh, everyone excited about PlayStation Vita now, right? Yeah? Uh, Vita is where I think um, Ban Presto will take Super Robot Wars, so I will probably go there. Mm. I kind of... I, I follow that series around, so... All right. That's a series that's had a lot of uh, trademark and copyright issues, right? Yeah, that one. Yeah, you know, another series that has uh, apparently trademark issues is uh, The Elder Scrolls. They said... Uh, Hey, you, so the Minecraft developer at E3 reviewed a, revealed a new game called Scrolls, or it said that he's working on a game called Scrolls or something like that, and apparently the Bethesda lawyers, they said that sounds too similar to the Elder Scrolls, and we'd like you to stop using that name, which is complete crap if you ask me. I don't know what you, what you guys say, but it sounds pretty crap. No? Uh, every company does that. You have a duty to your shareholders to protect your intellectual property and things, blah, 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 the blah, 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 blah. Yeah, and the whole story goes on. I'm talking about 15-page letters and proposed compromises, blah, blah, blah. We'll see how that pans out. I think it's kind of crap. Oh, well. Moving on. Grandia creator Takeshi Miyagi has died at age 45. He's uh, one of the, I think, one of the co-founders of Game Arts as well. Um, and he... Uh, you know, he worked on uh, Silphied, Gun Griffin, and the Grandia series, and uh, they don't—they haven't said how he died, but uh, he's died and he'll be missed. Uh, I love the Grand, the first Grandia. I don't know how many of those he worked on and what he's been doing recently, but that's uh, that's kind of sad story. Anyone want to u- eulogize uh, Mr. Miyagi? Uh, was he responsible for Grandia too? I don't know, honestly. I assume he had some oversight over the series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed Drunk Grandia 2 on Dreamcast. And Did I know you? I okay. always regretted not playing the the PS1 game when it came out. Hmm. Yeah, let's see. Um, I know he worked on Grandia 1 a lot. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think he did much on 2. Yeah. 1 was like a big fan favorite. A yep. lot of love here on the site for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And he may... Oh, I guess he did some work on Lunar Silver Star, like the first one, so... I don't know. Okay. Well, so he's... Yes. Uh, and finally, another Blizzard story, and I'm sorry I didn't organize this a little better. Mists of Pandaria has been registered as a trademark, or at least they've applied for it. Uh, so this is uh, this is causing a lot of speculation. Pandaria sounds a lot like Pandaren, which is a Warcraft race, which has never been re- revealed in the world of Warcraft, other than as an April Fool's joke. And people are wondering, does this mean the next expansion for World of Warcraft is going to be about panda bears? So That would go. be pretty awesome. <laughs> All right, we got one vote for awesome. Um, I'm thinking it's going to be Emerald Dream for the next expansion, but uh, who knows? Would you complain yeah, about going off of the going off of the book that I've been reading? Yes. I, yeah, I I don't know what Miss of Pandaria is going to be. I think I honestly wonder if it's going to be for like some sort of uh, mini game they include in another game or yeah. If, I was I was I was expecting a, I was expecting some sort of Blizzard theme, you know, World of Warcraft theme spinoff, yeah, like Facebook game or something like that. I think that's much more likely. So I don't know. Um, what a I guess BlizzCon would be. The good place to find out about that. I mean, the long and short of it is that the mainstream doesn't like games about furry characters, like furry animals, like Bugs Bunny and stuff. They don't care about that. So, scale. Let's see. What's fuzzy animals? They're no good. They're no good. Really, animal characters. They like big guys with guns. That's kind of what sells right now. So, I I have uh, I have questions about Blizzard doing a full on uh, (laughs) launch of a game that's all about panda bears. So I don't know. It would be great in the Chinese market. No, it wouldn't. I love giant pandas. What if the pandas Which, were able to breed? Mm-mm. No? Okay. Which was originally More pandas? why... Um, which was the originally the the very tongue in cheek reason cited for why Pandarans were not actually in WoW. It was like, well, we released WoW in China and they can't kill panda bears. It was a very flippant reply to the question, so I don't know how much validity it had. But um, that that's that, that was the excuse me. that stuck. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but now that they've had so many problems with WoW in China. <laughs> Maybe they just don't care anymore. Maybe Und- they just don't care anymore. Ed, how do you have an undead panda bear? Is it dead? Is it not dead? Pandas never die. They Pandas just turn to fairy dust. Oh, I see. Is that how that works? All right. Well, that is our news for the day. That was a for the week. That was a ton of it. Let's jump into what we've been playing. I will lead Catherine. off. I'm going to lead off and say pretty much nothing as usual, other than Final Fantasy V. So been still chugging away at that i'm in the world two and uh that uh, i'm continuing along i've got all my jobs unlocked my last job was dancer which i may have said last week on the podcast but still you tweeted for it on the podcast that's right i did okay so uh, i have been watching someone else play some games and that would be anna you've been playing Catherine, as we mentioned earlier Catherine. so So, started it last night and I am now in Nightmare 5, I believe. Yeah, that sounds right. Yes, you are. Um, So it's trippy. It is completely messed up. It is scary. And it is awesome! Except for the actual gameplay, which you suck at. Well, like like I was saying earlier, the problem is mostly that I panic. And then I get in trouble because then I get stabbed with a fork. Or yes. eaten by nether regions. Yes. 
<laughs> so um, it is disturbing and awesome and very intriguing. And it is very hard to be good because um, the, the premise of the story is a guy who has a girlfriend and she's trying to pressure him into marrying her. And at the same time, he's had an affair with another girl that he picked up at a bar. So, um, he, he has nightmares every night where he turns into a sheep and he has to climb the tower. But the storyline is really interesting in that it is very hard to be good. Because I think what you basically have to do to be quote, to get the quote unquote good ending is to both stay with your girlfriend Catherine as well as let down your affair Catherine easily. Because I think if you're a douchebag to them, that's not going to be good. We don't really know. No, and I don't know. I'm I'm making an educated guess just make some guesses about this but yeah we shouldn't be too i'm spoiler. making an uneducated guess based on my own experiences and the the other problem is is that the way that i want to answer a question is not necessarily the way the game wants me to answer the question yeah because it's things like would you run nude down the street and it's like no of course not well how much money are we talking about yeah they ask you these weird questions throughout the gameplay that that kind of affect your morality and it's like, okay. And then you send text messages, and that affects your morality as well. And the text messages, you've got basically two or three choices per line of the text messages. The text messages vary in, in size from three to five lines usually. And the overall tone of your message ends up affecting your morality um, meter as well. And then that meter seems to, at times, affect how the story plays out. Though we're not yes. really sure because we haven't tried replaying a section with a different meter to see how right. that goes. So all and this stuff so kind of kind of goes on yeah. together and makes something but the game overall looks relatively short because you're already yeah. in chapter five of eight and yeah. so and that was with one night of playing so i guess it's kind of a game you're meant to play over and over again and see yeah. what different choices lead you i i would say it's not going to take me more than about 15 hours for my post play to possibly 12 unless the game goes crazy at the end like all persona type games but right yeah. but we'll have to see so yeah, that's Catherine, and uh, it's got that nice animation and uh, the cool story scenes, and there's a lot of talking to your friends at the bar, and uh, you know, basically a lot of the uh, you can get as much the story out of the world as you want based on how much time you want to pl- spend investigating and looking around the story world versus um, just uh, going on to the next stage, which you can kind of just skip a lot of those uh, a decent amount of those scenes too if you just go to the next stage. So. All right, uh, and I think that's all you played this week, right? Other than more RuneScape, Rune mm, yeah, or whatever I played was. more RuneSpell, and Rune spell. I played. I feel like I was playing something else on the TV. I don't know. What was I playing? Connectimals. Yeah, and I was playing that dance game that I suck at. Dance Central. Yep. And what else was I playing? I think that was it. Yeah. All right. Uh, Manny, do you have any game picks for us this year, this week? Uh, nope. Oh, all right. Do you have any um, sales or anything else you could throw us up bone at? 
Nothing. Uh, nope. no, not really. All right, I've got one for you. If you got Steam, this isn't really RPG related. I'm sorry, I'm even bringing this up, but you can play Brink for free this weekend. Yay! There you go. Play it free. I don't know what to tell you. It's kind of an RPG in some ways, right? RPG elements. Problem is, it's not very good, right? Oh well. Okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> no one cares. John, tell me. Uh, I've been World of Warcrafting most of this week. Okay. Um, eh, a little bit of Tales of Vesperia and Tales of Graces, actually, thinking about it. But yeah, pretty much just Warcraft all week. Warcraft all week. All right. Uh, have I played anything else? No, that's pretty much it, I think. Yeah, I'm being boring. Sorry. That's okay. That's fine. We we spent plenty of time talking about news this week, and it is kind of the uh, the doldrums of summer. I'll tell you about some recent games that came out. So recent releases, kind of a recent releases. Uh, let's see what came out recently that uh, we can talk. About. What came out this past week? Just oh, nothing. Apparently, nothing in the RPG world came out in the past week. So that's why we, uh, we do have a out. review up for Chantilly's. Chantilly's. I was just going to get to that. And we have a staff review up of Chantilly's. And guess what, guys? Apparently it sucks. <laughs> Sorry if you've been waiting for it based on... 2.5 is not sucks. Uh, it's uh, Yes, it is. Below average is not good. How many games have you seen on our scale that actually get a one and a half? No, all right, fine. 2.5, it's merely below average. Let me let me remind you, this is the score we gave to White Knight Stories. So, if you sound like, a, if you feel like playing a game with the same score as one of the games I called the most mediocre things I've ever put into my PlayStation, or really any of my game systems, then here's a game for you. You can ex- enjoy the fact that it has, quote, a fun cast of characters and a strong localization, fabulous music, but gameplay with some major hiccups and difficulty and repetition that's a turnoff, or that may be a turnoff. So go read Sam's review. Is this? Uh, did you read the review, John? Um, well, yeah, I did read the review. I can't remember any of it. No, no, Jeez. but after you, re- no, no, I don't expect you to. Um, <laughs> no, 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 I, I'm, I'm not setting you up here. I just want to know. After reading it, were you more or less interested in the game? Do you think it's something you still want to try out? I think it's something that I would probably now wait until uh, the obligatory Steam sale. Okay. So um, for two fifty, you're in on this game. Yeah. Okay. Pretty much. Okay. All right. I can understand that. I I, I think I it's, it's it sounds like a game that I would want to pick up at some point in the future. But I think uh, I think it, it, the out of the two games that Carpetfulger have localized so far, uh, get um, Rasseteer. Get Rasseteer. Yeah. And I look at screenshots for this game. This is where I was hoping the review would be very positive because when I look at screenshots for this game, this looks like I'm playing a PlayStation One era game, and I just don't feel like I can go back to that at this point. Unless it's really good, uh, well, that, that's my perspective. Uh, there is an argument that says, "Well, you can't expect that much from you know." Effectively, this is effectively the uh, you know the the indie of indie scenes, as it were. The uh, indie the of Jap- indie scenes. Well, I don't know. I, I, I the Japanese doujin market is a kind of a very strange, unusual creature that doesn't follow the same patterns as, say, Xbox Live Arcade or Xbox Live Arcade Indie. Okay, and I think I'm I'm less inclined to be um, harsh on the game's graphics because you know uh, I, I I don't know how many employees Easy Game Station has, but I mean you know for example my favorite Dujin series is done entirely by one person, 
he is a good programmer, but he cannot do artwork to save his life, mm-hmm. which means most of the artwork in the game tends to look a bit crappy. Ah. So. Why doesn't he just have someone know, else help it's... with the artwork? Sorry? Why doesn't he just have someone else make the artwork? He's got like a huge eh. following of people. <laughs> well, yeah, who do copious amounts of artwork anyway. Exactly. <laughs> it's kind of like, I don't know, maybe there's, a pride, maybe there's a pride issue If I could only or... find someone willing to make artwork for my game for free. Oh, look, there's 500,000 of you. Okay, um, hmm. Alright, well, whatever. All right. Well, I think, that, I think it just comes into the issue of things like, I don't know, royalties or something yeah, like that. Yeah, you're right, someone will complain. Yeah. Yeah. He'd have to make a oh, I was saying, it may just be a pride issue. Maybe he wants to just you yeah, know, maybe. be the sole person responsible for maybe, it. Maybe, maybe, maybe. But, yeah. So I'm, I am excited that Chantelise has a wonderful soundtrack, at least. So when I get that for 250 someday, maybe I'll just enjoy listening to the game and dying a lot. That's what it sounds like. What is the challenge? Very hard. That's not a good sign. Very hard with poor yeah, graphics. Yeah, the game is, the game, as I've heard, is extremely difficult. Uh, Maybe not then. Oh well. <laughs> As Noodle says, I always die a lot in games, so does it matter? <laughs> okay. I don't know. Oh, that's Chantelise. Uh and we also let's see, what's coming out next week? Next week is nothing. Uh we've got nothing until Deus Ex. And this is one uh Manny's gonna jump on Deus Ex, right? Uh eventually, sure. Oh, you're not you're not getting a launch? I d I don't I don't think there's I can't name a game I would probably get a launch anymore. Oh, Ouch. Okay. Uh, after uh, Deus Ex, or same day as Deus Ex, actually, Shin Megami Tensei De- Devil Survivor Overclock for the... Uh, is that uh, DS? Or 3DS? I can't remember. It's 3DS. We don't have a separate icon for 3DS, it looks like. Oh, wow. We do. It's just different colors. Oh, wow. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. Okay. We have a very confusing icon for 3DS games on our site. Sorry about that. Uh, I had never noticed that before because we don't have that many 3DS RPGs coming out. We might need to do something to distinguish that. All right, and uh, that's that's it. Till a couple next stuff in August is Clado Next Two and the Lost Angel Chronicles of Frame Dragon's Odyssey. I was hoping to talk more about the recent releases, but there really aren't. So I'm going to point you back at Bastion, which was very well highly reviewed on our site, four and a half out of five. And you can either pre-order that sucker on Steam. Can you pre-order on Steam? Well, you can get ready to to buy it on Steam on the 16th or go pick it up on your 360 because people are loving the heck out of that game. So I think you can pre-order it on Steam. Excellent. That's great. Let's go do that. And the soundtrack is, uh, you can buy the soundtrack right now? The soundtrack you buy right now. So that is, uh, that's what's out now. And uh, with that, I think we're going to close the show. I want to thank everyone for being here. You can watch us live pretty much every week, 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern. I do need to make one announcement for next week. There will be no show. No show next week at all. Um, Going out for the weekend. That's actually... Oh, wait. Next week? Oh, damn. That's not the week I'm away. I know. I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, It just didn't work out right. But uh, next next week, nothing. Um, And uh, that's all I got to say about that. We'll be back the No Friday show or anything like that? No, no Friday show. No, not even around Friday night, so can't do anything. Um, if we wanted to do a, f- a show, we'd have to do it like Monday night. So if people are around and everyone feels up to it, maybe we'll do something. But I don't think there's going to be a show next week. I think next week is just a week off. 
And uh, we'll be back in full force the following week. And that uh, will will be very close then to the release dates for uh, Deus Ex. So hopefully we'll have lots of news about that and some others, maybe some more responses to this whole Diablo 3 saga and whatnot. And please send us in your feedback because we're going to need it to recover from a break like that. We'll have a nice big show to welcome us back. And we want your letters at podcast.rpgamer.com, your board posts at board.rpgamer.com. Tweet us at twitter.com slash rpgamer. Follow us on at our facebook.com slash rpgamer and uh, what else we don't have a google plus yet because they don't let you have a google plus yet unless you're special so that's it thanks for watching everybody and we'll see you next week until then unless anyone has something they want to leave people with I think we're going to break out here yep alright so goodbye everybody bye 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 Hello, everybody. Welcome to RPG Cast, episode 188 for the week of August 6, 2011. I'm your host, Chris Privetier, here with the happiest, hap, hap, happiest group of RPG, 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 RPG. Ah. I forgot my cheese string downstairs. What? Uh, what? <laughs> your cheese string? That's your opening. Yes. Okay. I thought you said something else.